do you want real estate to be your career moving forward? And if it is, right, and I'm not telling people to go quit their jobs overnight, right? You need to have, obviously, savings. You need to have a plan. So don't take this the wrong way, listeners, please. But once you get to that point, right, just go in. You're not going to be able to know all the challenges and the risks that you're going to come across, right? It might not all go according to plan. But if you really say, hey, you know, I want to do real estate as a career, you got to, at some point, you're going to have to make that plunge. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you wanna become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're gonna learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're gonna share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Commercial Podcast. We're so excited today to have one of the first individuals that I really learned from a lot. I heard him on podcasts. I saw him out there, just very visible in you know commercial real estate. And Mr. Ben Suttles, Ben, let me first say thank you, man. Thank you for joining, brother. No, no, no. Thanks for having me, Abel, man. I mean, you know, I mean, I respect what you're trying to put together and hopefully I can add some value to your listeners today, man. I have a feeling you're going to drop more than a few nuggets, my friend. So Ben is, uh, let me at least give a little bit of a background that I know of. And then, you know, really, I'm going to turn it over to you for an introduction. But the reason I have Ben on, you know, is the ideal guest for our listeners He's a former IT, IT sales, business development, sales leader, kind of the same background that I came from, and which I know a lot of our listener base is, you know, they're in tech, they're trying to figure out, you know, how to get out of the daily grind and what a grind the sales part is, man. <laughs> Here at a zero every single month, you know, month in, month out, one of my sales reps says, you build a sandcastle and then every month you knock it down. And you're like, <laughs> so anyways, that's Ben's background. He really management, sales, IT, all of that professional part of his career helped him propel in commercial real estate. And he started doing that in, in about 2013. So it's really been a very quick run to a large amount of success for you so far. But over the last you know, seven years has been involved in acquisition, asset management, really involved in leading companies, businesses from an entrepreneur mindset and status in 10, well, 10 multifamily properties. That's really $100 million of business, $100 million in assets under management. And they've done the purchase and so, so acquisition and disposition, however you want to call it. If you're, you're buying new companies and you're selling new companies, helping investors get back really significant returns of over 1,600 doors. <laughs> so that's a lot of real estate, brother. Ben, thank you very much for joining us, man. Why don't you start off, tell us a little bit about, you know, in your words, who you are and what you're doing. And let's start there, man. You did a heck of a job, man. I don't have anything else to say. No, no, no. I mean, no, I, I appreciate it, right? You know, for everybody, obviously, you know, listening, a lot of people are out there, you know, 
what do I want to do in real estate? You know, how can I get into real estate? You know, how can I transition from that W2 over to some kind of a real estate gig, right? I mean, I think everybody gets inspired, right? You get that bug. You know, for me, it was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is probably, you probably heard that like more than once. 80, 90%. You're like, I right mean, it's crazy, it dude. It's such a light bulb, you know, moment for me. And it happened back in 2012. Laura was pregnant with Lily and my daughter. And as everybody kind of knows, right, you got nine months, you know, how many times can you put the baby's room together? You know, mm-hmm. so I was kind of old school. I was reading a lot of books. I did listen. I started listening to some podcasts back then, too, you know, but at the end of the day, that was one of the books that I was just like, boom, you know, I got to do something in real estate. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, like you had mentioned, right, I was in kind of IT sales. You know, we sold, you know, stuff to the government, to Fortune 500 companies. You know, I always kind of tell people, you know, Ferris, who's my business partner, Disrupt Equity, he was the smart guy in IT, right? He was programmer, software development, solutions architect. I was the guy that was kind of coming in there and telling people how much stuff costs. Yeah, they, right? they called know? me a sales Johnny at work yeah. is what they call. Hey, you're one of the sales Johnnies. I go, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> how many of these things can I get and how quick can I get them, right? You know, I mean, we were the ones kind of, you know, making it rain, you know, going out there, pounding the phones. I was hitting the pavement. I did a lot of cold calling for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, learned a lot about how to approach people, how to network, right? How to do presentations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a lot of boardroom meetings that I had to, to give presentations mm-hmm. on, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was, you know, there was a good segue into commercial syndication, mm-hmm. right? Which is what we're currently doing, right? Uh, you know, but when I first kind of got into it, right? Rich Dad, Poor Dad didn't really talk about, you know, the mechanics or, how to actually do stuff. It's all just mindset, right? So I mm-hmm. kind of stumbled my way through it. I did some single family stuff when I first started off, you know, back in 2013. Within about a year, I kind of got burned out. The problem was, is that, you know, I mean, I was dropping what I was doing at my job and I was driving clear across town. I'm here in Houston. Anybody knows Houston, it's a huge, not only population-wide, but just literally, it's just a huge city. Yeah, you know, and a big so, traffic jam is how I think of Houston. And they can be a big, big <laughs> traffic jam. So, I mean, like, you know, you're saying, oh, I'm going to go look at this house. And it literally, it, you just burn pretty much the rest of your day. Yeah. Maybe you didn't win the house. Maybe it wasn't going to make a lot of money. And then I started kind of, you know, just crunching the numbers. I'm like, man, my time's not worth it. I need to get back to the office. I need to be making some sales. Right. So I started, well, I really want to do real estate. What else? What else can I do to maybe tack a zero or two onto my paycheck for real estate? Mm-hmm. And make it worth my while, mm-hmm. right? So I started looking into commercial real estate, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. you know, you start looking at, you know, at that time I was looking at industrial, I was looking at mobile home parks, I was looking at office, you know, the, all the standard stuff. Mm-hmm. And I heard Dell Wamsley, and anybody that's here in Texas will probably know that's Lifestyles Unlimited. It's a guru mm-hmm. group here in town, and he has a radio, or at least at the time, this was 2014. Yeah, he has a radio program. And really just kind of spoke to me. He's like, come on out, you know, Thursday free meeting, blah, blah, blah. So now I'm in the funnel, right? You know, and, and I didn't even, <laughs> yeah. like I'm in sales and I didn't even realize what was happening, yeah. you yeah. know, because you're just so focused on, I got to find something that I want to do. And so I went out to his two day, you know, ultimately he, he gets you in, or it was the free Thursday night. And then they commit you to the two day. And then the two days a funnel to, you know, buy into their preferred investor group. And it dropped a lot of money, you know, the year prior on mm-hmm. Robert Kiyosaki's training group. And I was just like, I'm not going to do that. Right. You know? So I took a step back. I said, okay, I want to do multifamily, you know, cause the first day of his thing is all single family. And then the next day it's all multifamily. And that's where he's, that's where he's really excited. And he gets you really pumped up about mm. So I was like, I'm doing multifamily, but I need to take a step back. I'm not going to drop another 20 K on some training program. I need to figure out 
the pieces, right? I kind of knew some things that I was lacking, you know, yeah. that maybe a partnership could kind of help out with. Yeah. So I took a step back and I said, well, I'm just going to kind of network, maybe find the right team, right? You know, so that kind of did that for about six months, found a couple gentlemen here in Houston that I was able to partner up with. And, you know, right around that same time, I was at a RIA, which is called Rich Club here in Houston. And I saw Brad Sumrock speak. And Brad used to be Dell's guy. And then he started his own thing. For your listeners, you've probably heard of Brad Sumrock. Yeah. Um, at, at this point, he was kind of small time in it. He was still speaking at a RIA. And there's like 10 people there, you know. But at, at, at that point, his program was a lot cheaper than Dell's. It was, you know, something I was like, okay, for that amount of money, I'll invest. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, I got the training, you know, met a ton of great people, met a ton of great vendors through his program, you know, and ultimately ended up doing my first deal in 2015, my first multifamily deal. Yeah. What was it? uh, It was a 92 unit. It was called Huntington Park. It was in Beaumont, Texas. And so for your listeners, Beaumont is 90 miles east on I-10 from Houston. And, you know, it was a long story. I won't, I won't bore you with the details, but I kind of stumbled into it a little bit, you know, underwrote the hell out of it, knew every detail of that deal. I sold the heck out of it, raised 800K and uh, ultimately got it across the finish line with a couple of the guys that I had partnered with. Yeah. We had some challenges that flooded during Hurricane Harvey. Uh, Luckily, we had flood insurance. Oh, thank you, Lord. (laughs) And that paid out quite a bit. And we were able to pretty much update it from a C to a B, sold it for a 365% return in a little less than three years. Wow. And so, you know, you couldn't have really asked for a better first deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. The hardships you, know, you that, must have experienced and you thought, oh well, my gosh, the, what the know, heck because, did I do? Because the person turned that, out great. The person I partnered with really wasn't involved and he was supposed to be the one that had all the, the experience, right? And so I stumbled through quite a bit of it, you know, but you have to, you know, I always tell people when you're raising money, it's all about confidence, right? You have to know your deal. You have to know your numbers, mm-hmm. right? You have to feel confident in that project, right? Because ultimately, people are going to try to poke holes in it. Yeah. And they might have some valid points, right? And you might say, hey, that's a valid point. But here's how we're going to mitigate that risk, right? And so, you know, on that deal, I was just, and of course, I didn't have anything else going on. So, I mean, I was 100% focused on Huntington Park, right? You know, and, and we got it across the finish line. And in the meantime, I, you know, I, I parted ways with that first partnership. And I was kind of doing some more networking, doing a mm-hmm. meetup here in Houston mm-hmm. that I started in 2016. And that's where I met Fires Musa my current business partner here on Disrupt Equity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was just coming out. He was still doing some single family stuff at the time, but he was looking to step into multifamily. Yeah. And obviously I was looking to kind of get out of the other partnership and it was just a very complimentary. His skill set is different than mine. Mine's more kind of sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more data processing, IT, that whole thing. And so it was a very, it was a very complimentary partnership. And uh, we've been off to the races since, man. Like I said, we've bought 10 deals. I've also sold three. So, you know, and currently about $100 million in, in assets under management. So it's been a fun ride. COVID's kind of thrown, I think, everybody in our business for a loop this year. Yeah. Right? We had some yeah. pretty ambitious goals going into 2020. And we had to pivot, you know, in March to do some other things, you know, to, you know, obviously continue to grow and adapt in this new environment that we find ourselves in. But I'm hoping that, you know, this quarter and probably going into 2021, we're going to see a lot more deal flow. Yeah, You know, I I think a lot of people are still kind of on the sidelines, but, you know, I think we're starting to see, especially if we can get through this election and the craziness kind of just disappears a little bit. I think you're going to see a calmer environment for everybody wanting to go out there and do some deals. And there's a ton of equity on the sidelines. There's a ton of people that want to invest in this stuff because our thesis for multifamily was that it was always going to be in the hierarchy of needs, right? 
you've got water, you got food, you got shelter, right? And really this pandemic proved that thesis correct. Right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people prioritized the rent payments when they had the money, yeah. right? You know, over going and buying that big screen TV. So, you know, and I think that that's, you can't say that about some of the other asset classes, right? It, you know, yeah. especially office, retail, hospitality is just getting crushed. And that was one of the things that kind of drove me to multifamily is that I felt like it just, it common sense, if you just take a step back and you're like, okay, we're providing housing. Okay, the government's my biggest partner in this. They're incentivized to provide housing to people, mm-hmm. right? They're not going to let that whole industry implode. And so if you just kind of take a step back, multifamily in a lot of ways makes a ton of sense. And that is why there's so much demand for it, you know? And so that's where we've kind of, you know, staked our flag and, you know, continue to look for deals. We're also trying to get into development, probably do that next year though, um, here in Houston, Yeah, you know, on the multifamily side, but uh, yeah, that's my story, man. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I love it. So we have so many similarities. It's funny because I know you talked with you, became good friends, that kind of good stuff. And I just general blanket. Oh, IT sales. Yeah, we're the same. Oh, multifamily. Yeah, we're the same. I also did Rich Dad, Poor Dad's education program. And that There's was my a couple first of us. I've met other people too. And I'm like, oh, we're alumni. Yeah. You know, we, you know. Yeah. And then I also did, did, I skipped lifestyles because I didn't hear the radio program probably, but I did do Brad Sumrocks. Hey, there you go. <laughs> like, boom, started that one. But anyways, meetup, you started a meetup. I started a meetup. You found multifamily a few years earlier than I did. And yeah, it's all about uh, timing. You know, it's just kind of continue on. But that's that's the cool thing about, you know, being in an entrepreneurial mindset is you recognize, like, I think I heard you say, you know, number of different ways, right? You analyze industrial, mobile, office, mm-hmm. commercial, you decided on multifamily. There was a, a thesis that you guys created being, hey, people need housing as a basic need. So if I'm going to yeah. invest in something, you know, food, water, shelter, pretty good investment spots. The fact that, you know, the government's behind you in so many different ways and you see it through the tax benefits, you see it from, you know, the benefits that you get as an investor and an owner and, you know, real estate in general, no matter what people say about the market demand, the demographics, what submarket you're in is obviously real estate is very specific on that submarket if you can win or lose. But if you look at the whole U.S., there is an increasing demand for housing and the supply is not keeping up with demand. So if you look at an overall aggregate, you're swimming you know, with the current when you're investing in multifamily housing, and, not and against you, it. You absolutely are, man. And there's, there's a couple other things that are also happening too, right? And, and some of this stuff has been out there for a while. People are downsizing. People aren't getting into houses you know, as quickly as they used to. And getting into their own, being a homeowner is also more difficult. You know, I mean, I always tell people it's easier for me to go out and buy that $20 million apartment than it is to buy my house. Mm -hmm. And I'm not joking. That's literally true. There was more paperwork. There was more, you know, checks of everything that was happening, coming in, money coming out, you know, than there is on a commercial real estate transaction. And so that's tough Mm -hmm. for people to make their way through that process. And so a lot of people, especially younger people too, are wanting to travel more, have a little bit more freedom of not having to worry about, you know, a house. And so all of those things are making demand for rental products just that much more, man. You yeah, know? Yep. And so, you know, that's why we love multifamily. 
Agreed. And so you're an entrepreneur, business owner, and you know, you want to carve that stuff out. The vehicle just happened to be multifamily. <laughs> it was a great yeah. vehicle to kind of ride. But what was it that, you know, led you from, hey, I'm a W2, probably a good earner. I was a, you know, I made a good, decent grip of cash, mm-hmm. but I had to say, no, there's got to be some a different way. What was it from your switch that said, I'm gonna go all in? I'm gonna buy businesses and figure out how to make it happen, partner, team, invest I think in a yourself. Lot of it, a lot of it goes, you got to burn the ships, man. You know, what was it like, you know, I don't know if it was Christopher Columbus or one of the conquistadors, right? He motivated his people mm-hmm. to do what they needed to do because he burned the ships. We're not going home. We ain't going back, you know? And I think I look at it like that, right? Like when my back is against the wall, I'm just that much more motivated to go out and make things happen, right? Yeah, yeah. If you've got one toe in, how much motivation are you going to have, right? You can always take that toe back and say, okay, I'm going to go back to the safe, you know, W2. And, you know, so you have to really kind of think of it. Do you want real estate to be your career moving forward? And if it is right. And I'm not telling people to go quit their jobs overnight, right? You need to have obviously savings. You need to have a plan. So don't take this the wrong way listeners, please. But once you get to that point, right, just go in. You're not going to be able to know all the challenges and the risks that you're going to come across, right? It might not all go you know, according to plan. But if you really say, hey, you know, I want to do real estate as a career, you got to, at some point, you're going to have to make that plunge, right? Yeah. And I took that a couple of years ago. It's not, it takes a little while to work up to it, right? And I'd had already had some level of success and I still was double dipping. Right. But who knows? I mean, you know, I also get, you know, two incomes. What's, what's wrong with that? Right. Yeah, what's wrong with that? The grind. <laughs> Each person has to make that decision on their own. Right. You know, at the end of the day, but it's definitely the grass can sometimes be greener on the other side. So don't be scared to make that change. Yeah. That's awesome. Sorry to interrupt in between. That was exactly, you know, the mindset retreat is easy when you have the option and Yes, to your point of burn the ships. If you haven't heard that, I'm sure many people have, but I think you can Google. It was Cortez and he is essentially went to battle, was going to take over, you know, a new territory. And as opposed to leave the option of retreat, he takes all the freaking rum or whatever they had back then and they light his freaking boat on fire and his army has no option but to conquer. You're moving, you're moving <laughs> forward. You're there's moving a, forward. There's the conquistador you know? right there, man. You're, and, I mean, you're, that's awesome, man. That's the mindset. And me, and, you know? me and Ferris too, you know, another thing that we always kind of, we try to instill in the people that are here, right, is it ain't always going to be perfect either, right? Ready, fire, aim, right? And I think that's a Tony Robbins, you know, saying, right, just get out there and, you know, take action, right? It's mm-hmm. not going to be perfect. You're not mm-hmm. going to know all the things that are going to happen. And yes, there is going to probably be some risks and some roadblocks along the way, but you know, a lot of people in this industry, right, they look at these big numbers and they get they get analysis paralysis. You know, what if I do this? What if this happens? What if that happens, right? You know, now ultimately you need to take some, you know, you need to mitigate as much risk as you can. But, you know, I mean, when you're stepping back from your W-2, right, you know, what about this? What about that? You know, get with your spouse or get with your partner and figure a lot of that out. And you're going to ultimately, get a, you're going to determine that a lot of the things that you're thinking is going to happen is A, never going to happen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or B, would never happen all at once, right? Mm-hmm. Because everybody's like, oh, well, this is going to happen, and what about this, and what about that? You know, it's at the end of the day, maybe one of those happens, you know, but they're not all going to happen at the same time, Yeah, right? Yeah. You know, and you'll, you'll get through it, right? And so, yeah, I mean, I always encourage people, if you have to, if you're going to take it seriously, you're eventually going to have to make that decision. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do it, 
you're not going to be able to double dip for too long. Maybe a year or two, you can get away from it, but your boss will eventually be like, Hey, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I was just talking to somebody about this recently, maybe over social anyways. My last employer, unfortunately, they didn't get their best salesman in ever my in my whole career because, like, I was hardcore excited about commercial multifamily. Yeah. They'd say, "Hey, what's up with all these commercial real estate posts? You know what's going on over there, and why aren't you promoting like my company?" I'm like, uh, "Our company, right?" Maybe they never told me like a hundred percent hardcore direct that I needed to stop, but they definitely. They definitely inferred more. Than they'll have times, they'll so. have that conversation with you. You know, I mean, because you're going to be friends with people. There's going to be LinkedIn. I mean, like at the end of the day, right? They're going to find out, and yeah, you might end up having to make that decision not on your own terms too. So that's why I always say plan. plan you know, plan. yeah, plan and be careful ahead of time, right? Because you know, you never going to walk in and they're going to be like, "Hey, you got to go." You're you know, you're moonlighting. That's against the rules or whatever it is, right? And you need to have that backup. There was on the entrepreneur stuff. I did start, I co-founded a company when I was younger or, you know, a few years into my tech career, really good business plan, really excited to get after it. Me and my buddy partnered together and I was doing this on the side. I was moonlighting and essentially we landed this really big deal and it happened to be the competitor to the company that I was working at. Mm. And I said, oh shoot, this is probably the deal you know, of of our business, you know, this is going to make it, let me kind of step to the side and try not to get involved. And that way I can cleanly say there was no conflict, but the business that I was working for, they found out and they said, it's one or the other, you know, leave that spot company all completely or leave us. And I kind of shrunk down at that time. That was at a time where I shrunk down. And at this point I go, Oh, I found a vehicle. I'm sorry. I'm going to rise up and burn the ships. Right. So yeah, it was uh, a, yeah. is that move. You got to make those decisions from time to time. You have a lot of success in your, you know, background and professional career. And now as an entrepreneur, what are those things that you can apply that you have applied that helped you a lot? You've learned a ton of lessons. What do you still use today? You know, somebody that's in the job today, W2, give them a nugget so they can apply like what they're doing today. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? Then I know you're going to appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're gonna show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating, I'm gonna give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. 
I mean, I'll spin this from the sales background because that's kind of where I come from. Everybody's background is going to be unique for me, right? You know, sales, networking, doing presentations. That was literally, I mean, I was passing out business cards last 20 years. You know, I mean, that's just what I did. Mm-hmm. And of course, with commercial real estate, you know, that's essentially what we're doing too, yeah. right? Because you're raising equity. You're, you know, you're trying to find investors. You're trying to find partners. You're trying to, you know, put deals together. That's just part of So that was probably... That's been the biggest thing that I've taken away from my sales and business development background and kind of segue that into commercial syndication um, where I'm at. But, you know, I think it's also about, you know, building teams, you know, managing people, right, which was something that I've done for years and years, you know, and I think that that's important to take away, too, because, you know, as you grow, right, you're going to have team members, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you're going to have, you know, project management was a big thing. You know, I mean, we put complex things together, you know, at the IT company that I was at and you have, that's essentially what, a, what we always kind of say, closings and managing these deals, it's all project management just on steroids, right? You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that are moving very, very fast and you have to be able to move those balls in the right direction and make sure you get it across the finish line. And so that kind of skill set that I had has also been able, I've been able to segue that too, right? So, and a lot of people are analytical Maybe they know their way around a spreadsheet. You know, that is also something that I've learned, right? You know, and so I, I've been able to underwrite deals, you know, pretty quickly just because I had that skill from before. And so I think if people really start kind of thinking about, well, what have I learned throughout my career or even maybe in college or whatever, right? You could probably segue a lot of that into what we do now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like two totally different worlds, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, what I tell people is, Yes, we're buying an apartment complex, but essentially I'm buying a business, right? And I have to be able to run that business, right? And I have to be able to manage people and I have to be able to manage budgets, right? All of that is essentially what a lot of people do in their W-2, especially when they kind of get to our level, right? You yeah. know, middle, upper management, you're already doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do when you're buying, you know, a, a multifamily apartment complex or even a commercial real, anything on commercial too. You can kind of step back and say, okay, hey, I can utilize a lot of these skills and do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would say that those are probably the main ones, you know, sales, networking, project management, and, you know, underwriting, right, for, you know, Excel work. Yeah, I mean, That was all stuff that I learned 15 years ago. So, yeah, absolutely. That's a, great to hear. So if you're listening to this, we have a lot of passive investors that are listening to this and they're trying to learn a little bit more about syndication, you know, investing and how to put their money to work. And then there's also, I think, a good following of like first time general partners. I'm new. I'm a brand new syndicator. I'm trying to figure out how to get my second, third, fifth scale to 10. Right. So the, these are very practical, tactical things that a lot of people just kind of glaze over, but man, they're like, this is what you're actually doing is you're buying a business and, you know, figuring out what's my operating income and what are my expenses and how do I get more efficient and make it hopefully as boring as possible, a very systematic approach. And yeah. doesn't always happen that way, but yeah. you're looking to try to create that. And then if you yeah. can, man, then you can go do another one and another yeah. one and another one, right? You're so, building out the process, right? You know I mean? Yeah. It's, it's all this stuff. Yes, they might be different properties and maybe they're even different cities. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the process is the mm-hmm. exact same, right? Yeah. So if you can kind of think through the workflow of all this, you start seeing a lot of, you know, similarities between it, right? And if you're able to kind of step back and kind of, you know, chart this whole thing out, right? 
and systematize. And that's where Ferris is really, really good. My, my business partner, you know, systematizing, you know, processes, technology, and, you know, introducing all of that into, you know, your syndication business uh, at an early stage. A lot of this stuff is free or low cost. You know, we were using Slack. It was, you know, up until, you know, six months ago, it was free. And we ultimately bit the bullet and got the more the, professional the version. The pro right? version of everything. Yeah, right? but I mean, like all this stuff, but I mean, yeah. it helped. And Slack is just one thing. We use a lot of other technology too. But, yeah. you know, a lot of this stuff is stuff that we, both me and Ferris had known about in our IT world that the Fortune 500 companies that we were working with were already using this stuff. Yeah. It was just, you know, commercial real estate is still kind of, you know, I would say an antiquated business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very mm-hmm. fractured. There's not a lot of technology. You know, I think I think over the last two or three years, I've seen more and more, but I, I still think it's in, in its infancy in terms of adoption. Yeah. Right? A lot of people still do things the old fashioned way. And I think you can differentiate yourself by saying, well, hell, we're already doing this over here. Mm-hmm. You know, this would definitely work on a syndication business. Why don't I try this? Yeah. You know, that's what differentiates us, I think, in a lot of ways, um, you know, from some of the other firms yeah. is that our early adoption of tech and just, you know, cramming it into every facet of our business. Yeah. I'll definitely have to get Ferris on. I think we've scheduled him soon for a podcast. Yeah. Dig into those systems and he's his a, processes. He's, he's probably the right. He's uh, militant person. about that, man. Okay, you know, because cool. I'm, I'm kind of a visionary, you know, big picture, yeah. you know, let's go make it happen. Let's call, call, call. Right. And yeah, where he's just kind of, he has to rope me in a little bit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <Have a> process. <laughs> yeah. I'm with it. So yeah. on your uh, area of expertise, right. For somebody that's, you know, trying to figure out, you know, if I should invest, how do I invest with the right people? How do I rest with the right team? How do I even meet those people? I may know Abel and I heard his podcast and I'm from IT, but you know, he's my only option. And you know, how big the world is, people don't realize until you're in the network that like there's a bunch of people that want to do the same, that want to network, meet people. What kind of insights or advice can you give around like that? Like one, networking with people, but then two, the investment side, like money, dollars, my hard-earned income. I don't know where to put it out and how to, you know, get the best return. Maybe just blend a little of those two conversations of mine. So, I mean, COVID has changed kind of the networking environment, I think, this year. I think ultimately 2021 will hopefully go back to, you know, more in-person events. But I always encourage people, even if you just want to be passive, you're going to have to do a level of networking and reaching out and meeting people. Even if you don't like that, how are you ever going to find opportunities to invest in? You know, you got 20, 30, 40 investors on most of these even bigger deals. And so these are pretty tight knit groups of, of, of investors, right? So you have to be at the right place at the right time and investing with the right person to get into these deals. And so the more syndicators that you know, right, the more opportunity you're going to have to put your money to work. So I'd always say that. And, you know, I mean, we're also a co-owner of a, you know, shamelessly plug this multifamily masters, which is, you know, a group of meetups throughout the country, you know, and we do a lot of online stuff and ultimately, hopefully we all get to get back to doing the in-person stuff too. But meetup.com is a great avenue to potentially meet, you know, like-minded folks, you know, in these different cities, right? You know, now if you're in a smaller city, secondary city, right, it might be a little bit more challenging, but once again, there's a lot of online events too, which is great for people. So you got to meet people first and foremost. Yeah. Then it's a matter of, okay, now you got to vet those people, right? You know, and I always kind of see, because everybody starts off at nothing, right? Zero doors, zero deals done, right? Me included, right? I just talked about that in my first deal earlier in the podcast, right? And, you know, I raised 800K. How did I do that? 
right? Well, I ultimately came at it with a whole lot of confidence. I knew my numbers. I knew that deal, right? And so don't, don't, I wouldn't shy away from even the guy or gal that's doing their first deal, right? But ultimately vet them. What's their background? And do they have any business background or do they have any, you know, anything that would, would kind of lead, you know, projects or lead, you know, you know, teams, all of that stuff is a good skill set to have when you're doing multifamily syndication. And so find out a little bit about that, you know, and then ultimately run the numbers on your own, right? Find out how to underwrite these deals. Most people are real cursory. They think that they know how to underwrite the deal, but they really don't. They need to dig into the numbers. And there's a lot of spreadsheets online. They might cost you a couple hundred bucks, but go ahead and invest well in it. one. <laughs> yeah, well worth well it. Well worth it, right? Because what I always tell people, you need to underwrite the deal on your own. You need to make sure that you're coming at least somewhat close to the conclusions that the syndication group is coming up with. And if not, you need to ask them why. Hey, I'm coming up with this number. Why is that, right? And then maybe the syndication group can come back and say, oh, it's because we made this, this, and this assumption. Okay, do those assumptions seem logical? You know, are they aggressive? Are they conservative? Whatever they might be, right? And then ultimately you say, okay, I found the right group. I vetted them. I underwrote the deal. You know, now it's just a matter of, do I want to invest, right? And, you know, I mean, for most people, right, it's four or five pieces of paperwork that they got to fill out. They got to have that, that all, you know, press the button to make that wire transfer. And sometimes it's a little bit shaky and you're like, do I really want to do this? But Mm -hmm. ultimately once you do it and you start seeing the level of return, you know, then you're going to say, okay, Hey, this is legit. And you know, I want to go out and make another investment. Right. Yeah. You know, or it might be your only investment who knows, right. It just depends on how much, you know, discretionary income you have that you can invest in this type of stuff, you know? So that's kind of the, the sequence of events, but they're not going to be able just to stumble across a deal, you know, or a syndication group, right. You know, you might find one or two, but you really got to network to find more. Because from a diversification standpoint, mm-hmm. you need to have multiple syndication groups because, you know, you might say, hey, you know, I love Texas, but I want to invest in, I don't know, North Carolina. Well, guess what? You got to go find somebody that's investing in North Carolina, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's kind of what I always tell passive investors is that's kind of the, the sequence that they should take to, to understand the, the business a little bit better and yeah. ultimately get some deals. And it's actually easier to do this today than when you first started much easier, even though COVID is a drag on so many different freaking levels, right? <laughs> it's just a drag. I don't know any other way to say it. And if anybody has any, you know, family members or friends of close to them that have passed. No, we're you know, certainly not trying to make light of it, right? Uh, but it's changed our business quite a bit. It's horrible on so many areas. One of those freaking areas is that we can't get together. Once you start to know the world, like we have these really nice, big, fun, events for the weekend and you go and you learn and educate yourself and then network and pass out cards. And we're like in a group of like 500 people and the energy and the excitement, and we're all kind of doing the same thing. Well, none of that is here today, today, at least, but there are more avenues to meet somebody on the other side of the world without having to take an entire weekend, without having to spend money for a hotel, travel, trip, flight, conference pass, et cetera, et cetera. You can go do this right now with the internet. And that's the good thing about it. So you can take a lot of time doing it. And most people today, because we don't have those big events, so we're waiting for the next big one to, to meet the next hundred, few hundred people, they're more eager, more happy to like jump on a call, jump on a Zoom, spend a little bit of time, you know, to talk. So spend the time to network. It's super important. The point of that was if 2012, even 2013, the Jobs Act, 
for those that don't know, it's like that's the SEC's ruling that changed from the Reg D, 506B, 506C investments that you can actually advertise. And if you're a credit investor, you could advertise it. And then they came up with this exemption that says, oh, yeah, you can you can have non-accredited investors in your deals as long as you have a pre-existing relationship. So prior to that, you know, if you weren't in like they called it the country club type of investment, private placement, memorandums, if you weren't in the country club and you weren't the million dollar net worth. And even back then, it was also three million dollars was the accreditation before they dropped it down to one million. So it was super hard to do this. And yep. now they've opened it up and they've given, you know, everyday average Joe like myself, you know, to kind of go and invest in these these vehicles, which is just amazing. So, you know, take yep. advantage of them. Take advantage. And, there, and that's changing even more. The SEC is pro- probably going to adjust that even down or, or make it easier for folks to kind of get in. I know that, you know, we were talking with our SEC attorney yesterday. I mean, there's definitely some changes coming down the pipeline that's going to open up syndication to the masses even more than it already is. Yeah. So, you know, it should make it fun. Next yeah. five years. Yeah, it's a wild, wild west, my friend. Yeah, get and, it on. And uh, if you have that mindset of like, man, should I invest? Should I not? You know, if you think about what's the alternative of not investing? Let me ask you first, Ben, too, and then I'll give my two cents. But I mean, what if people don't muster the courage up to invest and they just sit on all their cash in a bank account? You know, I mean, my grandma grew up in the Great Depression, you know, and they literally hid money under the mattress, man. You know, I mean, and she still remembers. She told me a story, you know, with her. She went up with her dad and he was banging on the bank door and they wouldn't let him in. Couldn't get your money out, man. You know, I mean, so I'm a big proponent of the stock market can go up in smoke. We saw that in eight, nine and ten. You know, people like Enron who were fly high in the top 10 company in the world went down to zip. Everybody lost their 401k, you know, so the stock market, you know, oh yeah, it's doing all right now, but talk to us about it in March. I think there was a lot of people sweating in March that this thing was going to go down to next to nothing, mm-hmm. right? So instead, what I always like to invest in is hard assets, right? Because at the end of the day, you still have a hard thing that you can go up and kick the tires on. You've got the land that it's on, right? And, you know, it's never the value of commercial real estate is never going to go to zero. Right. You know, even if the dang thing burns to the ground, I still have the land that it's on. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, nobody can ever take that away. Right. Whereas with a stock, yeah, that absolutely can go to zero. We've seen yeah. it happen. You have a, and so, an eccentric CEO that tweets something a little bit off the wall and people lose millions or of dollars. Or he gets caught up in it. He, he gets, there's a scandal, right? There was fraud. There was something else that was happening. Right. So you just have to take that into consideration. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm in the stock market too. You should always have a diversified portfolio. Yeah. But my point is, is that if you can invest in something that's a hard asset right now, you can really maximize your your returns on your on your portfolio, mm-hmm. right? Because not only is this commercial real estate never go to zero, right? But you also get a lot of tax benefits from it too, right? You know, in syndication, what people are doing is they're buying shares. They're a part of a partnership. They get K-1 losses and depreciation that can help offset. I'm not a CPA, but I help offset some of their income potentially. Mm-hmm. And we have high net worth earners that invest just because of that. Mm-hmm. I need losses. What mm-hmm. are you closing before the end of the year? You know, I mean, because that's the only reason that they're investing. Yes, yeah. they want to return. Everybody wants a return, right? You know, but at the end of the day, they don't want to have to pay the tax man 200K. They'd much rather pay him 100K, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's kind of how a lot of people look at this stuff. So, 
that's my investment thesis. Take it for what it's worth, right? You know, it's good. But, you know, you, yeah, you can't keep your money wrapped up in a savings account that's paying you 0.04% per year. You yeah. know, you're not going to retire wealthy that way. Yeah, I agree with everything that you've just said. So yes, I, I'm with you. And I also think about, you know, just the fear, at least I can speak for myself, my family, which was the fear of this cash that I had built up for some period of time in the professional world. I had it and letting it go into an investment. My worst fear was losing it all, right? And if I lost it all, the thing that I would have to do is go to work every day. (laughs) If I lose all your money, you're going to have to go to work every day. But when I look at my parents today, they're in their 70s. And my parents go to work every day. And the hard thing for me is to watch them in that scenario because they tried, they taught me, save your money, AJ. You know, they call me AJ. Save your money. Let's try to do the right thing. Go to college, get your degree. You'll get a good paying job. We want you to have a better life. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. They're still working like today. And the alternative, if you don't put your money out to invest, (laughs) you're going to have to do that anyways. So you might as well handle a little bit of risk. (laughs) Get over your fear. Get over your mindset. Go educate yourself because the more educated you are on a subject, the more confident you're going to have. You're going to be competent in the subject. Confidence comes as a result of, and then you're going to go do better and make better decisions. And so anyway, so anybody here in this conversation is a great one for Ben. And I really appreciate your time, man. So um, I have one or two more questions before you go, but before I forget, where's the best place for our listeners to reach out to you? So somebody watching this, somebody hearing this, Man, they, they want to get in your world. They want to see what you're doing. They want to, you know, go a little bit further, you know, into the investment side with you guys and disrupt and Ferris. Where can we reach out? Well, check us out, disruptequity.com, just like as, as it sounds. And, uh, you know, I mean, I love talking about shop and just talking investments in general. So if they want to email me, it's Ben at disruptequity.com. You know, you can kind of check me out there. But uh, yeah, no, I love talking about anything, investments, multifamily, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, this is kind of the, this is the stuff that makes me excited. Yeah, you know? that's, and, that's and, awesome. and helping people kind of get to you know the where they want to be. We all grow together, right? You know, yep. we're we're abundance mindsets. You know, that's kind of where we're always at. You know, I think that there's plenty of money and plenty of deals out there. Everybody can grow together. Mm-hmm. You know, no reason to you know play it close to the chest. It's kind of my. <laughs> I've had more than a few conversations with other general partners and they go, I'm not, I don't think I'm competition for you. I'm not in your market. And I go, man, you're not competition in my market. Cause there's no way I can buy them all. I'm just looking for like maybe one in the, in the next six months. <laughs> Anyways, there's so many deals out there. Like there's no way we're going to be yeah. buy them all. If I can, the last couple of minutes here, what is disrupt up to today? Like I saw, you know, pre COVID COVID now, I mean, I saw you guys in a bunch of different or yeah. I don't want to say different, but just directions from a business standpoint, you guys are trying to grow a big business, big company. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we kind of took a step back, you know, because of COVID. I mean, these were things that we always wanted to do. COVID gave us the opportunity to, to do yeah. them. So, you know, obviously disrupt equity is kind of our acquisition arm. That's kind of, you know, and you'll see obviously a lot of marketing will be on podcasts. It's all under disrupt equity, right? That's mm-hmm. how we go buy apartment complexes to commercial real estate. We created disrupt management really out of necessity I was tired of firing property management companies, you know, because they were just doing a horrible job. Let's just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So last year we created disrupt management and took over our assets here in Texas. We're still waiting to do the ones in Atlanta because of COVID. 
you know, so that's one of our other brands that we're very, very proud of. And we're trying to kind of reimagine property management. And we've done some third party stuff for some of our friends and colleagues in the business too, but we're mainly trying to focus on our own portfolio and, and growing it, you know, organically through our acquisitions, you know, and then we partnered up with a gentleman named Anton Matley, you know, created a company called Peak Financing. Anton's been in the business for 30 years, Swiss banker, literally the sharpest guy when it comes to debt that I know of. And, you know, he would, he had been our mortgage broker on seven deals and always under promises and over delivers. And, you know, we were looking to kind of augment, you know, the acquisition piece, you know, with some of these other kind of, I would say, you know, complementary businesses is kind of what we're looking for. And so, and Anton was looking to kind of grow his business. And obviously we have a big marketing arm. And so it was a win-win. So we created that in Q1 of this year. We also, we took a step back and said, what else could we potentially do? And we looked at commercial insurance. So we ended up partnering with a gentleman here in Houston called Dan Kaderka, who has once again been my insurance guy since I got into the business, best in the business. And we created a company called Strategic Insurance Group, you know, and so that's been, that's been exciting to kind of see those parts of the world. Cause you just kind of, you take a lot of this stuff for granted. And then you're like, man, this is really complex. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on here. And you they, know, they sure um, simplified it for you. There's a reason. Yeah, that man. Feet. I mean, I'm <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Now I get it. Right. Yeah. You know? And so we've been, you know, obviously adding tech and helping with sales and marketing and business development when it comes to that type of stuff and letting those guys who are just best in, in business go off and do what they do best. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're just kind of, it's almost like the franchise model. We're going to bring the processes and the whole thing behind you and let them go out and be the operator. And yeah. so, you know, we're looking to kind of do that on the construction side, you know, as well. And so we're looking for any complimentary businesses that make sense. Cause at the end of the day, once again, like I said earlier, we're just entrepreneurs, you know? And so, you know, if there's things that make sense, we're going to go after them, you know, and then hopefully, you know, be able to kind of bring it into our own ecosystem, right. And, you know, cross pollinate those different brands and you start getting economies of scale too. So, you know, so yeah, that's kind of what we're up to, man. A lot going on, mm-hmm. you know, keeping us pretty busy. We're looking for our next acquisition. We've been making offers for the last probably three months now and haven't been able to make anything stick, but uh, somebody's winning them. Yeah, yeah they're, <laughs> so, they're, so they're, they're, they're starting they're, to roll now, but there's, one there's, there's deals out sure. there. It's just, you know, we got to, we got to land on the right one and, you know, but we're being, you know, our acquisitions have, uh, have also changed a little bit. You know, we're trying to go more toward B and A minus deals you know, versus kind of the class C value add. I think that there's still some of those opportunities out there. They're just fewer and far between, especially here in Texas, where there's just a lot of these groups that are gobbling up this stuff. So we're kind of looking for newer and nicer assets. Well, that's awesome. Those are all great things. Thanks for sharing. There's a lot of stuff going on and you guys are building a big foundation to kind of continue growing, which is really cool. And it's nice to see the progression of, you know, your business and, you know, great, great things for in front of you. Great things in front of you guys. So congratulations. Thank you. Buddy. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Anything really left off that I didn't touch on today that you wanted to highlight or yeah, we talked about whatever? a lot. Hopefully I was able to kind of, you know, provide some of, you know, experience wisdom to some folks kind of getting started. Cause yeah, I mean, all I just tell people, the most important thing is to keep taking action. You know, take that one. Don't get frustrated. If you don't find a deal in the first month, it takes time. It might be a year. You know, just keep making steady progress towards your goals, right? You know, and you'll be amazed. One other thing that I want to impart to people is set your goals high, real high. Like, Harry, I'm never in a million years going to hit that. And you will surprise yourself every single time how close you get. And sometimes you might even end up hitting it. 
You know, so that's the other thing too, is don't set your goals to something where you think that you can achieve, right? That's not setting a goal. You're already going to get there, right? Set something crazy, you know, and then go after it, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, and I've seen people make a fortune in this business and, you know, those are the types of people that I'm inspired to kind of be, you know, and those, that's the type of action that they're taking. Yeah. I'm super excited. Thanks a lot, Ben. Man, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate your time. My name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. If you heard something that you like today, leave us a review. We'd love a rating. Hit us at our website, 5tcre.com, and happy to help you. And Ben, you're the man. Thank you very much, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, Abel. I'll talk soon. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who follow their dreams and achieve massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please Take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.